So today we'll be, we'll be continuing the series, Be Vigilant. And I'm going to do a brief recap. And this will be the last uh, message in this series. Today is Be Vigilant, Part 6. And the recap, um, as I'm going to progress with right now, it has to do, as I said, in line, in light of the lies, misinformation, half-truth, and conspiracy theories, the saints of God, we must be vigilant. It's even more critical now than any time of, of our lives. That means, that word vigilant means to be watchful, to be on guard, so that we are not deceived and seduced, caught unawares. And Paul's letters in First and Second Timothy, those are some of the the, 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 um, the books I referred to when the scripture references were in there, where Paul warns us about perilous times and evil men. Perilous times, as I said before, means times of great stress and evil men. But we are encouraged to continue doing the things we learned and are assured of. That phrase assured of means the things that we are confident of, convinced and known to be the truth. We are all, we were also warned about not straying from the faith and that we should pursue righteousness, godliness. We were encouraged to fight the good fight of faith. And in the scriptures I used last time in Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter six and second Corinthians, Paul explains how we fight that fight. And how we fight that good fight is even more critical now that we use our armor, the armor of God, because we, we all refer to the armor of God. Paul explained also who we are wrestling against, the tools with which to resist and their purpose. The armor of God is, are the spiritual tools or weaponry we have been, we were given and we were equipped with the appropriate tools to resist to be able to stand and withstand, offer strong resistance or opposition to someone or something and remain undamaged or unaffected. That means withstand evil forces. The forces we are up against perpetuates lies, misinformation, half-truths, etc., with the main purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. We must resist in the faith with the armor of God. I also touched on when Paul was talking about the armor of God, and he was also saying that our battle is not against people. Our battle is not against people, okay? But principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's who the child of God has to fight against. That is what we have to fight against. Because the spiritual forces, what you see manifest in the natural, there are spiritual forces behind the scenes that are pulling the strings. And what you see manifest in the natural is a, re, is a result of what's happening in the spirit realm. Understand that. So if you win the battle in the spirit, the battle in the natural, you'll see the results in the natural. So these despots, these spiritual Spirits of wickedness, they are masters of manipulation, seduction, and deception. They are organized, they are committed, and they are purposeful. And I said what they are. They are, they are their purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. 
as children of God, we must never lose sight of what we are up against. So that's why Paul says, this is what we are up against. He said, take up, because this is what we are fighting. They take up and put on the whole armor of God to withstand in the evil day. Like now, what we are dealing with is an evil day right now. And to keep withstanding, the weapons are mighty in or through God for pulling down strongholds. So when you talk about principalities, when you talk about powers, when you talk about rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness, they form strongholds. And you use the armor and the weapons of God to pull down strongholds and to resist and withstand these strongholds. Do you understand that? And strongholds are a mind, how people think, or, or it's also a mindset. Okay, those are the strongholds. So we have to cast down arguments, any lies, misinformation, things that come against the truth. And every high thing that goes against the knowledge of God, anything that goes against what the word of God says, we have to cast those down. I don't care how angry you get. I don't care how emotional you get. That's where the enemy wants you to get the, to lose control of your emotions. That's why the Bible has nothing wrong with you getting angry, but it says be angry and sin not. That's why it says take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So you don't go crazy with and let your emotions rule you. We have to be, have self-control. You understand? We have to have self-control because we do not want to be ruled by our flesh. We have to allow the spirit to have preeminence. So I introduced the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. So we talk about your loins be girded with truth, breast, the breastplate of righteousness. It talked about the gospel of peace. It talked about the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And also it talks about prayers. When you're in prayer, that's also part of spiritual doing spiritual warfare, doing spiritual uh, battle, battling in the spirit. Now, the Bible also states, it says, we when we resist the devil, it also says he will flee from us. But if you can't resist in your own strength, you have to resist the way God ordained for us to resist the enemy. Because when you resist that way, the enemy has no choice but to flee. And we must know how to resist. It's not only having the armor, you have to know how to use it. It's available to you, but you have to put it to use. And you have to know how to use it. Now, I'm going to pick up today, and I'm going to give an example of how Jesus used the armor of God. And while I'm talking, please turn to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read from verses 1 to 11. And this is when Jesus went into the wilderness and he was tempted. Now, this, I'm just, what I want to show you, just a few things of how the enemy works and how he tries us. Okay, so you have to be aware of the schemes, because I remember I talk about schemes, the wiles of the enemy. You have to be, if you do not know how your enemy works, you can't see him when he's coming. You can't see when he's trying to trick you, when he's trying to snare you, when he's trying to trap you. To do his will. It's always about discrediting God. 
and getting you to do what he wants you to do and not what God requires you to do. This Jesus is a perfect example of how to deal with the enemy. There are other examples I could have used, but I wanted to keep it very basic. Okay, especially for others on this line who are not very, you know, very deep into scripture, but who are learning. Okay, so I just want to show you a few things. So let me just get to it. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to start reading. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, it is written. Again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up and up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. All right. So there are a couple of things here I would like to touch on. So understand, Jesus is a man, or at that time was a man, because he was, he came from God, but he was God incarnate. That means God in the flesh. We can handle, we could see, we can, we can touch, we can communicate face to face. But remember, he was a man. So you see Satan tempting him. Now look at this. If, if you watch this, Jesus was led by the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted. So the, whole, the Lord, the father took him purposely in the wilderness to put him under pressure. This is not the, the, the what I want to talk about, but I'm just telling you, Jesus was under pressure. This is not, wasn't the only place in scriptures, he was under pressure. He was under pressure in the garden of Gethsemane. But I'm showing you the father didn't spare his son because he was man. And Jesus, as a man, God in the flesh, was showing us through these scriptures how we resist the enemy as man, as a son of God. This is how we resist. This is how we use the armor of God to fight in the natural and in the spirit. Okay? 
These are all object lessons. These, do, do, the father did this for a reason. They, they, it wasn't just he just did it. There was a reason. This is for us to learn how to wear the armor and how to fight this, uh, our enemy by the spirit using the spiritual armor. So let me point a few things out here again. Jesus was hungry. So what was the first thing the enemy came with him about? Food, which is normal. The enemy comes to you in your moments of weakness, when you're vulnerable. Expect it. Expect the enemy to come at you. It could be just thoughts in your mind, or it could be through people. He will come to you when you are vulnerable. So we can take that and parse that off to the things that are happening in this world. There are many reasons why people are angry. There are many reasons why whatever. And people in in this mental state, they are vulnerable to what others may say, what others may do. That's why the the Bible says we have to be vigilant and not not get caught up in the emotion and the stresses of the time because of our lusts and desires because of our flesh. So he will come at you when you are vulnerable. But if you watch what Jesus did here, Jesus said, Jesus responded with the word. It is written. You watch what the enemy also said to Jesus. He said, if you are the son of God, do this. Command these stones to be made bread. Then the next one, he said, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down. And then the third one, he said, all these things, the kingdoms and the glory of it, basically tempting him with wealth. I will give you, if, is another condition. Every one of these was conditional on what? Jesus's willingness to submit to the will of Satan. Recognize the schemes. So the enemy now was trying to set Jesus up. He said here, if you are the son of God, if you are who you say you are, prove it to me. How do you prove it? Command these souls to be made bread. After all, you're hungry. There's no bread around. There's no, there's no stop and shop. If you are the son of God, if you are who you say you are, prove it to me. Command these stones to be made bread. If you are who you say you are, throw yourself down. Because after all, the Bible says, the word of God says, the angels are going to take care of you. Prove it to me. Prove to me you are who you say you are. Then the next one. He took him to a high mountain, showed him the kingdoms of the world and their glory, tempting him with wealth and power. He said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you this. So how did Jesus now use the armor of God to resist this? Number one, the enemy is tempting Jesus with food. Jesus understood through his relationship with his father, number one. We talk about your loins girded with truth. Jesus knew the word of God. He knew the word of God, right? So he, his loins were girded with truth. So he knew the word of God. Talking about the breastplate of righteousness, how was that applied? Jesus' response, if you look at his response, Jesus said, it is written. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. The breastplate of righteousness was Jesus acknowledging what is written or his response, how his, what his response should be to the Father. That is obeying God's word, submitting to God's word, believing God's word, and not giving in, giving in to the suggestions and the will of the enemy. Jesus was walking in the light. When you walk, wear the breastplate of righteousness, you're walking in the light of the word of God. That's what that means. The gospel of peace, because it's all talking about having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What was Jesus demonstrating here? He was demonstrating the power of the gospel, which is the good news of how man can be free of sin and corruption. In other words, a man walking in the will of God, a man in fellowship with God, who is a son of God doesn't have it to, doesn't have to give in to the power of sin and yield to Satan. That is a good news of the gospel that man does not have to live in corruption. He can be reconciled to God, be free of sin and not yield to the power of sin. The shield of faith. What is a shield used for? To keep the fiery darts from affecting you. So how did Jesus fend off the things said to him by the devil? How did he fend it off? He took the thoughts captive because the enemy is saying, I want you to do this. If you are the son of God, do this. So there is a something said to him. Jesus took, took, took the thought captive. That is how you use your shield of faith. You take every thought captive. But you have to know something. Your heart and your head cannot be, you can't be ignorant of the word of God and expect to fight to use a shield, the shield of faith. The shield of faith is only as good as your knowledge of the word of God. Amen. So it says here, this is how he fended it off. He took every thought captive and he sifted it or he screened it against the word of God. The helmet of salvation has to know where about who you are. You have to know that you're a child of God. You have to know that you're saved, that your sins have been forgiven so that you cannot come under condemnation. You have to know and have a relationship with your father, the heavenly father through Christ. Once you are secure in that relationship, it doesn't matter what the enemy said to Jesus because Jesus was secure in that relationship. He knew who he was. And I can tell you, I can show you here he knew who he was. Okay, because look at his response to Satan with, when Satan tried to, to um, tempt him with wealth and power. Satan wanted him to bow down and worship him. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall, shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall, shall you serve. What is G- Jesus saying to him? No, Satan, I know who I am. I don't have to bow to you. You need to bow to me. 
you need to worship me. That's what he was telling him. But Satan has every right to tempt him. Why? Because Jesus was man. The Bible talks about you are an heir, but you're a child and you act like a slave because you don't understand your inheritance. You don't understand who you are. If you don't know who you are, if you are an heir, you will always act like a slave because you do not know who you are. So anyone can trick you out of your own inheritance and, and make you act like a slave because you do not know your rights and privileges as an heir of God. But Jesus couldn't be tricked with that because he knew who he was. He knew where he came from. He knew who his father was. He knew who he was in his father. He and his father are one. He was in the beginning. So he, he knew. So when Satan said, you, if you come bow down and worship me, Jesus said, away with you. I saw you as a, like, like out of heaven, like lightning. I was in the beginning when you brought up this, this rebellion in heaven and you got kicked out. So you should bow to me. I don't have to bow to you. I know who I am. Glory to God. I'm just telling you, you got to know. You got to know that helmet of salvation. It just doesn't mean that you're saved from going to hell and going to heaven. There is a lot involved with that. You have your rights and privileges as a son of God, as a child of God. These are things you got to know. The sword of the spirit. You notice how Jesus responded. It is written. Every one of his responses was, it is written. He never went off script. He only responded with the word of God. Why? Because God is only required to back up his own word. If Jesus said something different, God, Satan has no, no need to, to back off. Jesus responded with what was written. And what is written is God's word. What is written is that God, you see, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. When you respond with the word, with the word, you, that's your sword. That's your means of attack. That's your means of putting the enemy at bay. That's your means of subjecting the enemy, of putting him under subjection. When you respond with the word of God and not with the philosophies of men. Do you understand that? Jesus spoke with authority and clarity. He wasn't ad-libbing. He was prepared. Satan realized that he wasn't going to succeed. So why? He left him. Because he understood this, this man, Jesus, I am not making any headway with him. So Jesus walked as a man in the armor of God and he defeated Satan all through his ministry, all through his, his, his 33 years on this earth. But especially when he started his ministry, the attacks were relentless. But he overcame the enemy. He resisted the devil the way a child of God should resist such attacks. He's showing us what we need to do. Whether direct, direct the attacks are direct or through people, Jesus was prepared. And we also should be vigilant and be prepared. If you watch how Jesus walked, Jesus was, was never in a hurry to respond to anything or react to anything. He always listened for the spirit. He always listened for how we need to respond to something. When you get caught up in the emotion, 
you tend to, your, if you don't control your thoughts, you end up spewing things out of your mouth that you can't take back. And once you start saying things that you can't take back, you have already sown seeds. Okay? I know what you sow, you will reap. You have, we have to be very careful. We don't want to be a pawn of the enemy. All right. So in first, you don't have to turn here. In first John 2 16, the Bible says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Satan used these things to subdue people. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is, the, this is a strategy. This is the strategy he used to enslave people. And a lot of things you're seeing right now, what's happening? It's because many people have been enslaved the way they think. They're in a snare, in a trap, and they're blind and they don't see it. So they act out and they do things, as we see, which cause a lot of this uproar right now. They are blind. They have been used by the enemy to do his will. And what is that? To cause division. This is a very effective strategy and has been successful throughout the ages. Note, when we were, when and where you are vulnerable, I said this before, the attacks will come through suggestions. Know where you are vulnerable, please. I am begging you, know where you are vulnerable. Know it. You got to know yourself because the enemy knows you better than you know your own self. And he will set things in motion to tap into those vulnerable areas and then take advantage of you. Know where you are vulnerable. Please, I'm, I'm imploring you, know it. Own up to it because he will use it against you. It can be through thoughts or suggestions by other people. Seducers, imposters, expect it, expect it, and be, be, be prepared to resist. Know where you are vulnerable. Expect the attack and know how to resist. That's why the Bible says my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. They don't understand the arena they're living in. They don't understand the tactics and the schemes of the enemy. You got to know who you, what you're fighting against and who you're fighting against. You're not fighting against people. You're fighting against principalities. You're fighting against spiritual wickedness, who, which forms strongholds. And there are many people are, are, are snared, are caught up in it, and they're blind. So the forces that perpetuate lies, misinformation, half-truths, conspiracy theories, etc., the main purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy people's hopes by creating a mindset or strongholds of selfishness, mistrust, which leads to division, unbelief, and rebellion. So we, as children of God, we must be vigilant and keep our eyes on the Lord, focus on the things we ought to, and not allow ourselves to be distracted by all the chaos. I didn't say not to care. I said, do not allow yourself to be distracted from your purpose as a child of God. Be aware of what's happening so that you will know the signs of the times. Be aware of what's happening so that you know how to pray. When you see things like this happening, look up and know that our redemption draws 
close. It's close. Yes, it's even at the door. This is all I'm going to talk about today. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. we got to guard our hearts because the battle is for our minds. And once the enemy have you, have your mind, you just act out and do what it is he wants you to do. That's what's happening. The battle is for people's minds and souls. So we, the Bible says, we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. How are we the light? Because we have the spirit of God in us. And how do we let our light shine? We let the light of God shine through our lives when we submit to the word of God and we submit to the spirit of God. We don't react. But we see God and love what we do and we do things with purpose as we are led by the spirit of God. And when we do that, God is guaranteed to back up what he's asking us to do. And his glory is manifest in our lives. That's how the light of God shines through our life. So I hope you receive something today in Jesus' name.